In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that live tweeted the entire WWE Royal Rumble as if it was committing crimes. I am Detective Smark Smarks, and I'm joined today and as always by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I just got done watching a really good WWE main roster pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty, pretty good for the most part. We'll get into where I have issues. Uh, I don't know if you had the same issues that I did, but uh, I, the one that you have, I, uh, I don't hate as much. Okay, okay. Well, well, we'll get to that. Um, this won't be a typical issue of uh, the WBU. Uh, this is going to be our review cap of WWE Royal Rumble 2020. Um, and for the most part, I, I was thinking we'd go chronological, except I'm going to save the two Rumble matches to the end. Um, even though the Women's Royal Rumble was the fourth overall match, second match of the main show. Um, it just makes it easier to do the Rumbles at the end because there's so much stuff that goes on and so many people being eliminated and everything. It just makes a little bit more sense for to, to get the other stuff out of the way first. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, um, but like I said, I live tweeted uh, during the Rumble all of my crimes um, uh, for the Royal Rumble. So if you have any questions about the crimes that I would be filing for Royal Rumble, just go on the Twitter machine and search for hashtag wrestling crimes and you'll see all the ones that I tweeted out and you'll get a sense through those uh, where my biggest problems were with this uh, overall. But uh, we'll waste no more time uh, before getting to it. Um, so we will start with the kickoff show. Um, uh, it started off with like 30 minutes of talking heads. Uh, which I guess is normal for a kickoff show, but it's still kind of boring, to be perfectly honest. Like, they have a yeah. two-hour-long kickoff show, and, you know, 70% of it is just talking heads. Probably long, more than 70%. I mean... Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, the two matches in the two-hour-long kickoff show added yeah. up to just under 17... No, 27 total minutes. Oh, so they were a full 27 minutes. Okay, so... So, so, so it's, you know, 75%. Yeah, 12 minutes and 35 uh, seconds for the Sheamus versus Shorty G, uh, which was the first match, and then 14 minutes and 20 seconds for the next match. Um, but so to start off, uh, what, like I said, Sheamus versus Shorty G in their big feud match, I guess. Um, and we all basically picked Sheamus going into this because... You don't have Sheamus return from being gone nearly a year with injury and have him lose his first match back to Shorty G. Despite the fact that I love Shorty G, you just don't do that. You know, it it kind of cuts him off at the knees, if you ask. Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, 
since they just did a build for Shorty G, like just did a build, um, I, I it may not have been the right feud to have, but once you're into that feud, you have to do exactly what they did tonight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. I mean, once once they did it, the the problem is uh, because it had to blow off at Royal Rumble, there weren't a whole lot of main roster. I'm using the air quotes. Main roster uh, people in that cal- caliber available for that feud other than shorty g because pretty much everyone else was in the rumble i i i would say that there was a couple returns that maybe could have been that role possibly possibly um that that maybe sheamus could have been returned for those and we talked a little bit about that especially early on but um you know i guess i guess you don't want to bury people so you probably don't have show up early on Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a good match overall i enjoyed it shorty g always puts on good matches and sheamus is good as well you know so i mean there's really not much to complain about with that match other than the fact that it was on the kickoff show instead of the main card but um as i'll get to with the second uh kickoff show match um you know when you've got two Royal Rumbles in a main card, some things have to go to the kickoff because, I mean, that's two hours of your show right there in those two matches. You know? Yeah, I would say I would say we had the uh, the strongest kickoff show we've probably ever had. Yeah, um, bringing us to the second match of the kickoff show, which was Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo, um, which also, like I said really shouldn't have been on the kickoff show but where else can you put it on this card you know when you've got two hours being taken up by rumbles you've got uh three other championship matches um as well as roman reigns versus king corbin which is going to be on the main card you know regardless and they're not putting shouldn't have been possibly i mean that's probably about the only match that you could argue might have belonged on the kickoff show instead, but well, I, that's the one I would have chosen to replace. Yes, but like I say, I mean, my biggest problem is you have a U.S. Championship match on the kickoff show, and that just seems to me like kind of a slap in the face to that belt. To that particular one, yeah, I get what you're saying. But anyways, uh, Andrade won as. Um, most of us, I believe, uh, yep, you and I both picked Andrade to win, uh, and I think Justin, uh, just to be different, picked Humberto to win, um, and he did not, but it was a good match. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, the, the reason I think for that is, is I don't think that with Andrade just getting that, um, you can't have him lose, and I think that's kind of worth what their thought processes were, um, much as I'd like to say that, that you know, oh, yeah, no, this is a good move. Um, I, Umberto's going to get a push somewhere. I, I really feel like maybe it should be in 205 Live, but... Yeah, that's what, that's what I think what I said is he's not ready for the U.S. title yet, um, but give him, give him a run with the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, have him go against Devlin, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, go down there and beat his cousin... Uh, Angel Garza for for the rematch, you know, so Angel loses his shot at a rematch. I don't know. Anyways, could be fun, but uh, that he, brings he, us to he the main... face Angel Garza for, unless... Uh, you mean 
Yeah, for the rematch. You know, the Angel Garza puts his rematch on the line. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. I was like, that's what I was saying. And so then Angel Garza loses his chance at a rematch by losing to Humberto Carrillo, and then Humberto goes out. That's my thoughts, but I I also think that that maybe you said that because it's obvious Vince is listening to this podcast. Yeah. He's, and we'll get to uh, that later. <laughs> almost everything we we say, he does, um, good or bad. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes very bad. Um, we'll get to that. But uh, we will then go to uh, num- number three match of the night, first match on the main card. And it kind of surprised me that they put this as the first match on the main card. But then looking at the other matches, I don't know which other match I would have put there. So... I guess yeah. makes sense in that right. Um, you usually, you want to start led with Becky and Oscar. Maybe yeah, that's the deal. I mean, I feel like you want to lead off with some sort of barn burner of a match, and this really wasn't quite a barn burner. Uh, but it was a decent match. Roman Reigns defeated King Corbin in the Falls Count Anywhere match by pinning him on top of one of the bullpen. Which, um, when it comes to a Falls Count Anywhere match. In an arena of that size, that's actually probably the best place to have that fall happen because it's literally visible from pretty much every point in that arena. Correct. You know, because uh, that's I said it on the other show. Uh, it's it's my problem always with the Falls Count Anywhere matches is that then this live crowd gets to to watch the main part of this match go on on a monitor because it's all happening backstage or yep. you know in the concourse or in the parking lot or whatever you know I mean you're like yeah I paid good money to come to the show and I get to watch it on a TV I might as well just stay at home and paid 9.99 a month mm. uh, which is what we did I mean it's not like we had a choice <laughs> hundreds of miles yeah, I, I wasn't in Houston tonight we were not nowhere near it's been fun um, oh, now, boring. at this point, I'm going to take a break from, from recapping to uh, point out one of the, the things that I did. Uh, I had a commendation for, and I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, Sammy Guevara, AEW's own Sammy Guevara, uh, invaded, I'm using the air quotes, invaded the Royal Rumble uh, by uh, posting up outside in a... Uh, Toy tank, uh, a la the uh, uh, DX invasion of uh, Nitro, uh, and proceeded to on a on a microphone uh, deliver a modified version of Big Papa Pump's math promo from TNA. Yes, it was absolutely glorious. The video I found of that, and uh, so that is definitely a win for for the night just finding that video and everything and and sammy guevara absolutely made me laugh so hard with that so um it has nothing to do with wwe itself but it still was worth pointing out this was about the point that i had found out that he did that so um but it was a it was a decent false count anywhere match um they they destroyed most of the international announce tables um, which I always feel bad for the international announce teams because they're always like, well, son of a... But German engineering really came into play a couple times. Today. Yes, it did. Because uh, there were a couple times they tried to destroy the German announce table and it did not break. <laughs> uh, and, and that's some sturdy announce tabling because the, the uh, Spanish announce table crumbled like a cookie every time. But... Uh, 
Moving on, we're skipping the Women's Royal Rumble, which actually was the second match on the main card. Um, uh, But we'll talk about that later. Uh, To move on to the third match of the main card, fifth overall, was Bayley versus Lacey Evans for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, And Bayley won, as uh, I predicted... Uh, both of you predicted uh, Lacey to win Um, and you know I kind of figured that there would probably be some more shenanigans with this than there was Um, when you've got heel Becky or heel Bailey excuse me and heel Sasha to potentially help her out I kind of Sasha wasn't even there Sasha did not appear I was going to say she wasn't in the rumble either nope which was one of my problems with the rumble we will get to okay um, but in the end, this probably was the low point overall match of the night. Um, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one that felt that way because, uh, yeah, it was. And and I just think it's like you and I have talked about Lacey Evans. She's not bad. She wasn't ready when they first pushed her, but she's not bad. But I just don't think she's got the chemistry with Bailey. I don't know. The match just oh. drug and it just didn't seem to go. And Bailey, when she walked out to the ring, I don't know if you noticed this, she walked out like someone just told her her dog just died. She just kind of sulked out to the ring. Yeah, Bailey, Bailey's heel work is leaves something to be desired, and I think that hurts this match. Yeah. Um, I don't think Lacey's face work is horrible, but it's not title-worthy. I mean, her first title needs to be as a heel. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's like Bailey's idea of a heel is uh that 90s emo kid that we all knew at school uh that just kind of sulked around and listened to my chemical romance <laughs> which which isn't a heel that's just that's just a depressed angsty. that's just angst yeah so uh but like I, it wasn't a horrible match yes. it was just probably the the lowest match overall from the night yeah, I, uh, it wasn't a good match. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it was a bad match, but it was not a good match in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't Undertaker-Goldberg, right? Uh, no, you're not referencing that as good, right? No, that was bad. That okay, was very just making sure but that it we were wasn't, on the same page there. That's my point. Is this wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. But um, sixth overall match of the night... Uh, fourth of the main show was uh, what a lot of people would have expected to be the main event or the co-main event in many ways. Uh, but The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan in the strap match. Uh, you and I both disappointed in the rules of this match that it was uh, just a simple match where they were tied together with a strap rather than a four-corner strap match like the traditional strap match rules are. Yeah, I didn't um, feel like that needed to be done. I, I, I felt like I felt like if you're gonna bring back a strap back, strap match, bring back strap matches. You know, like exactly. I, that's I don't know. Like I said, it was just a little disappointing because we're like, you announce a strap match, we kind of got excited because four corner strap matches are my jam, right? And then, no, it's yeah. just a, a regular match where they're tied together with a strap. Uh, but I would say that that's the only disappointment. Disappointment. No, it was a good match. Uh, it was a very good match. Thank uh, God for baseball arena matches for the Fiend because they don't get to be able to put up the right lighting equipment for well, the red but lights. They, they had the red lights during his entrance. They were farther back on the ramp. Uh, they were around the ring too. 
were when they? When he got I, into the ring, you... they, it was there, but but they chose to turn them off. And so I'm hoping, knock on wood here, I am hoping that that means that they're learning that those. the problem is not that we don't like the red light. The problem is the red lights make it impossible to follow the match. It It is difficult. I don't know how else to put that. It is and, and very so, in those matches. And so it wasn't it wasn't that we didn't like it from an aesthetic standpoint or that we thought it looked silly. It's that we're trying to watch a match and we can't figure out what's going on because we're staring through this red soup. I would say and and I as we discussed this a little bit tonight, um and I was like I said, I was pleased that they didn't have the red lights. Um, I I think if you do the red lights ever again, it needs to be fiend controlled in some way, shape, or form. Like most of the match can occur in normal lighting, and suddenly the fiend brings out his magic weapon, um, red lights. Yeah. You know, well, and, the... and, and I know people would make fun of that, but at least it's something. Well, I don't have yeah. to watch a whole match in red. My only problem with that is the Fiend's character is not a supernatural character. It's a psychological character. So there's right. no real reason that he should have magic powers over the light. No, but he, I mean, he could, he kind of like when I originally talked, I'd love to see, and I still would love to see this, and I know you didn't like this, um, kind of like the puppets sticking their heads up from outside the edge, like around the ring apron to cause distractions. I just think that him being like, I'm struggling and not not a not an urn with a light raining out of it or anything like that. Just something that causes an issue. Like, I don't know, he he the lights go out and then they come back on red, you know, because that's how he departs the ring is the lights go out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Just but, some there's more that can be done there. Yeah. Either and, way, and it, Explain the lack of red and, and the addition of red. Now, they've also booked themselves into a corner. Uh, we have to figure out why we were doing the red thing. Ah, no, they don't. They can just Vince Russo it. Just forget about it and move on. <laughs> I fully expect that's the way they will do Because that's the way they treat almost anything that they realize gets negative fan reaction, is just ignore it and move on. Uh, just pretend like it didn't happen, so... But no, it was a great match. Uh, Daniel Bryan got the absolute crap whipped out of his back early on. Like, he had welts on his back from that strap for the rest of the match. Welts. Uh, big ol' welts. He's, he's going to be hurting in the morning. Uh, but fortunately, he doesn't have to wrestle on TV again until Friday. So he's got a few days to recuperate that. Back. I do feel like that's not over, though. Like, that whole... It's not. Storyline is not done from the from the departure of how how he left the ring. In case people are wondering, the fiend won. Mm-hmm. Um, from how he left the ring, I feel like that feud is still going. No, I I I feel it's gonna come down to Daniel Bryan won't let it go. He's gonna be like, I can prove that I can, you know. But like I, think I, said, that's un, I think that's unhealthy for the fiend. But yes, I do agree with you. But uh, like you said, the fiend won. Uh, 17 minute long match it was a good match there's no reason it couldn't have been a four corners match um, except for uh, the finish was all based on the mandible claw and typically in four corners matches submissions don't happen so I guess 
they could argue that that's why they didn't do a four corners match. But the thing with the mandible claw is it's a submission, but it's also a pin. And four corners matches could pin piece. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, seventh overall match of the night. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Asuka with Kyrie Sane uh, in her corner. Um, was kind of surprising to see Kyrie Sane out there in her corner at this point due to the fact that she did make an appearance in the Women's Royal Rumble and uh, got her ass absolutely rocked. And I kind of figured that that would be a, you know, an excuse for her to not be there for the Asuka match. But never mind. Well, but she didn't play a part. I mean, she played a faint part in it, but not a part in the finish. No. She, yeah. But my point is, it, it easily could have been just explained away. Hey, she was in the, the Women's Rumble earlier, and she's not able to make it out to ringside. And then it goes on, because she didn't play a part in the finish of this match, so it didn't matter whether she was there or not. True. Um, the uh, Becky Lynch won and finally defeated Asuka. Um Kind of a cool spot where uh, the ref got sort of bumped, but not really bumped, and was cowering in the corner, and Asuka went to turn Becky around to spit the green mist in her face, and uh, Becky saw it coming and uh, kicked her right in the stomach, and uh, Asuka then spit all the green mist straight up in the air, and it landed on her own face, and then led to uh, Becky being able to put the disarm her on it, and uh, Asuka eventually tapped. Um, so it was a pretty decent match overall. Um, maybe a little long. It was over 16 minutes long, and I think the storyline they told could have been done in 12 minutes or so. It's but interesting that... you say that, because actually that, that match got match of the night from uh, CBS, I think. I think yeah, it was CBS. you know, and Forbes. it's... Maybe it was Forbes. Yeah, and it, it doesn't surprise me, because it was a good match. I just... I don't know. I felt like it was a little long, long enough that at one point I took the time to take my daughter upstairs and put her to bed in the middle of the match because I was like, okay, this match is going on. It'll still be going on in two minutes when I get back downstairs. And it was. So, um, but no, it was a good match. And and Becky uh, performed like she always does. And Asuka is always a champ. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, I had picked Asuka to win uh mostly i think just to be different than everyone else yeah. um and so uh that's a pick that i missed but uh both of you two had picked uh, uh becky to win so there's that um and then the final of that excuse me that was the final of the singles matches so then we move on to the rumble and these are going to be, and I'm, I'm not going to go through every elimination. I'm no. kind of going to highlight the ones that uh, that were important, or at least well, we had. had. A, we had a Molly return. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started off with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair as one and two, respectively. Uh, and that kind of surprised me that they had Bianca as number two. Um, but it very much played into her being kind of the Iron Woman of the match. She had the most eliminations, um, tied for the most eliminations with uh, someone who came out later. Uh, but um, but it was kind of one of those things where they uh, had Alexa and Bianca last forever. Um, I really thought they'd do more with Alexa's role there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering the fourth entrant in the in the rumble, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I thought, gosh, this is this is set up, and yeah. they didn't 
point. And that was a little disappointing. Now, one thing I will start off with and say, in the end, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Uh, just keeping in mind that going into uh, tonight, um, for the Men's Royal Rumble, 27 names had been confirmed for the Rumble, leaving only three openings for surprises. But the Women's Rumble was basically the opposite. It only I had... Nine names had been announced. Nine names or something like that, seven or eight, nine names. have a Nia Jax return. Uh, didn't have a Ronda Rousey return. Nope. And so they left a lot of room for surprises. And because of this, uh, out of the 30 people in this, half of them, a full 15 of them, were either uh, free agents, a.k.a. retired Hall of Famers or so on and so forth, um, or B, uh, NXT talent. And I have to give you props for seeing free agents because there was... Um, what's what's her name? Um, specifically, free agents. Um, she uh, twenty years wrestling experience has been in the women's. Gosh, she performed great too. That Phoenix? <laughs> no, no, it was. She's been in the women's uh, uh, May Young Classic t- as well. Last two years. Um, trying to figure out. Who- oh, Mercedes Martinez. That one. Yep. Yeah. She officially is listed as NXT because she did make her debut on NXT a week ago because she was one of the surprises that we talked about that they could have saved for Royal Rumble. But it was still happy to see her. She entered sixth, right? So first and second were Alexa Bliss and Bianca, like I said. Third was Molly Holly, Mighty Molly, which she was in last year's Rumble, I believe, too. She was Uh, in as Molly Holly. It wasn't as Mighty Molly. Uh, True, but she's still Molly Holly. Um, But she's she keeps herself in good shape. She uh, is a safe worker and consistent, you know, um, even though she's not consistently wrestling. She was able to, um, you know, come in there and, and perform fairly well and eventually be eliminated by Bianca Belair. Uh, number four, uh, as you were hinting at, was uh, Little Miss Bliss's uh, bestie, Nikki Cross. Correct. Um, and they uh, kind of um, went on a little bit of a tear for a while. I think uh, they did what I, I think they underdid those two being in there yeah. together. They could have done more. They could have done a lot more. Um, and I think they hinted at it, but then they just didn't deliver on it. But yeah. uh, keeping in mind that Alexa Bliss uh, was the second. Uh, Iron Woman of the match. Bianca Belair lasted, I believe, the longest, although I don't have the exact breakdown of times, um, but Alexa Bliss was eliminated right before Bianca Belair. I think Charlotte's was pretty solid. Charlotte's might, like I said, I don't have the breakdown of times, but uh, Charlotte Flair entered, and we'll skip ahead here for this, number 17. So Charlotte Flair entered at 17 after the halfway mark. Uh, Bianca Belair was eliminated 16th. Uh, now, she was eliminated after uh, Charlotte, Charlotte was in. Flair was in. So, time-wise, it could be really close. I don't know for certain. I don't have a time breakdown of, of each one yet on it, because I was too busy doing other stuff to have a little stopwatch out and count all this stuff. Um, what? But so, number five was the greatest entry ever. Lana. And they gave Which her a was the first removal in the match, too. Yes, she also was the first eliminated. Uh, and she was eliminated 
Uh, like we said, number six was Mercedes Martinez, but number seven was Liv Morgan, who came in and eliminated Lana, and then got eliminated by Lana. Yay. Wait, so you're saying you don't think this storyline's over? Yeah, what? Let me put on my shocked face. You? Yeah. Oh. Um, so that's definitely a down for this match, right? Uh, to use uh, Simon Miller's ups and downs. That one is a down. But so far, the match was good, right? Alexa, Bianca, Mighty Molly, Nikki Cross, Mercedes Martinez coming in. Excellent. Number eight, Mandy Rose. Great. You know, she's a consistently good worker. Got no problems. The Otis interference was really fun there. Yep, yep. It had some fun. In fact, I will point out that that and that one spot in the men's rumble uh, that was surprising as to who it was were the only shenanigans uh elimination saves really uh uh someone later in this did uh another one but it was kind of a rehash of what's been done before so well and then there was an attempt to set it up for a team to cheat a group perhaps to cheat later on but that didn't work out so but so um candice lorraine at number nine and i was stoked uh, and then uh, she got eliminated by Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair had eight total eliminations. I, and I believe that's a women's record. Um, well, it is tied then by someone later on who also had eight. Um, but so uh, Candice LeRae, number nine, Sonia Deville, number 10, Kyrie Sane, number 11, uh, Mia Yim, Dana Brooke, a returning Tamina, yawn. Um, also quickly eliminated, thank God. Yes, very quick. Uh, Dakota Kai, who I actually applaud uh, WWE for this, because, uh, spoiler for a little bit later, Tegan Knox enters later, in, and Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai are feuding in NXT, and I totally expected it. As soon as I saw Dakota Kai, I was like, Tegan Knox is going to play a part in her elimination. And she didn't. And then later when Tegan Knox uh, came out, I was like, oh, Dakota Kai is going to come out now and play a part in Tegan Knox's elimination. And she didn't. And that is, I mean, either it means that the main roster people don't know anything that's going on in NXT, which is plausible. Um, or it means she's that they believed. Yeah. Or it means they showed some self-control and said, hey, let's not do the expected. Uh, but either way. Uh, or it could be a little both, because remember, Trips likes to scratch the record. Yeah, could be. Could be. Uh, it was also nice to see Mia Yim in there. Uh, I would have liked to see more of Mia Yim. I will flat out say that. Mm -hmm. She she could have lasted longer. I mean, ultimately, I think that's my only complaint with some of these is some of them could have lasted longer, and then some of them that lasted a little bit of time should had no business lasting that long. Um, and we'll get to one <clears throat> that, in my opinion, lasted almost no time. In fact, uh, as if I'm correct, it was the shortest. Uh, Fastest women's elimination. Fastest women's elimination of the night. I'm gonna have to check to be 100. percent It might have been Lana that was faster. Might no. have been, uh, Lana been I... in the ring longer. Mm -hmm. But Chelsea Green got eliminated in 12 seconds, and and that's where it's a little boggling to me because they're building Chelsea Green up in NXT as this hottest free agent. You know, you should pay attention to her. And then just throw her away in 12 seconds when you have Tamina last longer than that, when you have uh, 
And like I said, Should I like talk Mandy about Rose. the 29th entrant. I mean, can we jump ahead a little bit here? We're, we're going to get to it because I'm going to run through uh, some of these next ones pretty okay. fast. So Chelsea Green eliminated 12 seconds. Charlotte Flair then comes in, uh, proceeds to be a wrecking ball there. Naomi makes her return and lasts pretty long. She gets eliminated by uh, someone later on. <clears throat> um, she does have the other shenanigans uh, in this match where she gets uh, thrown out of the ring, but instead of landing, she catches the guardrail on the outside and spider monkeys onto the guardrail, which we've seen John Morrison do before. Um, I think Kofi's done something similar to it. Uh, uh, and I think Naomi did something very similar to it at one point too already. So so that's why I'm like, it's it wasn't a new unique. She then proceeds to use the guardrail to get over to the announce tables. And then in the slightly unique, instead of making a running jump and getting onto the steps or something like that, she uses that sh shroud they have on the announce table as a bridge to get uh, back in. So that's great. But then she- so The way you're talking, I feel like you didn't enjoy that. It was, it was just it's same old, same old. Like it wasn't anything new. I mean, at least last year, Kofi uh, putting his feet on the pancakes was something new, you know? We hadn't seen that before. Um, at least uh, Mandy Rose getting caught uh, by by Otis on the outside and saved was something kind of new and you right? Uh, oh, no, because that happened with Kofi and... Uh, Kofi. This happened in a unique way. The way that he caught her was unique, I should say. Because people have caught people. Yes, you're right. But the way that he caught her... Uh, on the ground was you. Uh, but Naomi was just like, she'd done basically this exact same thing. Before. I have to disagree with you a little bit about that, though. Because Xavier Woods was already on the ground and Kofi caught one foot, or and Xavier caught one foot of Kofi last year. Yeah, once again, I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs because it was a I different agree, but different we're not. Because you oh. said it's completely different and it's not entirely different. It's entirely different because it's Otis and he's ginormous. <laughs> that's okay. For the that reason, I'll give it to you. And it wasn't caught by a hand. He was on the island that was landed on. Um, but anyways, but my, my big problem was mostly with Naomi because it's literally exactly what she has done. Before. Not just that someone has done it, before, but she has done it. But we've talked about this with moves before. And at, at some point, we have to understand that we're running out of stuff that can be unique. I don't think we're I don't think we're getting to that point with the Royal Rumble. I think there's still a lot of stuff they could do that could be unique. Um, I just don't think they need to do it every year. That's well, and and then the men's match will make you super happy because they only did one of them and it really was um less of a gimmick and more of a riff on on a storyline in my opinion but moving on in this beth phoenix comes in makes her uh in ring return again this year she did it last year so um uh tony storm number 20 and then here is probably we'll stick a pin in this name and get back to it at the end um number 21 kelly kelly again kelly kelly in the royal rumble uh 22, Sarah Logan, who was eliminated in 27 seconds. 23, Natalia. 24, Zia Lee, which was fun to see her again. She was in last year's Royal Rumble. Uh, obviously, someone in WWE likes her enough to 
keep putting her in the Royal Rumbles and giving her a shot at the main roster sort of a thing. The fact that they just don't pull the trigger and pull her up, because she's good enough, I think she could be main roster. Well, I, I think there has to be... And I don't want to get political here, but you've got to do something with the first Chinese yes. person ever in WWE. Yep. yep. And she is gold. She's It's not Jinder Mahal of Indian descent. She's actually from China. She's and, Chinese, and she's exceptional. She's very she's good. good. Exactly. Which also is a way she separates from Jinder Mahal. Yes, I would agree. Um, so, 25, Zelina Vega. Uh, they're they're forcing her to lace up her boots again for the Royal Rumble. Like because... seen more out of that. Yeah, I, it's just that it's that thing where they uh, they pull her out and they let her wrestle one or two matches a year, and they're usually Royal Rumble style battle royals or something like that, and then they stick her back in the box with Andrade, and it's kind of sad because she's actually a competent wrestler. Yeah, I would not say she's world championship material wrestler. But she could hold the tag titles with, a, with another good tagger. She is definitely better than Kelly Kelly. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. And did better Hurricane Rana's tonight. Mm-hmm. You can yep. go on with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 26, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, making her uh, re- very quickly rise through the roster because she only signed with NXT a couple months ago and uh, has immediately been put in a feud on NXT with Shayna Baszler on TV instead of just going through training and then shows up in the Royal Rumble. I mean, she's she's uh, making some moves there and she's she's got a good look with the bright green hair. Uh, she's uh, decent in the ring. She could use a little bit of WWE polish, I think, but worth it. Uh, Carmella at number 27, Tegan Knox at 28, and then number 29. This was my prediction. I'm just telling you right now, if if Vince does listen to our shows, this is my fault, and I'm okay with it. I am not okay, but... I'm okay with it because of how it happened. It should have been faster, though. It should have broke the other record, like I said. But Santina Morella. <laughs> it was so horrible. So it was horrible. Really bad. Really, really bad. Uh, but they redeemed themselves with number 30 uh, coming in moments later after. Uh, by the way, Santina eliminated Santina. herself uh, yes. by giving herself the Cobra and falling out of the ring because she did not want to fight the people that were in the ring. Beth and Natty. Yeah, Beth and Natty were literally about to tear her open. Uh, so she cobra herself and fell out. And I'm using herself even though we yes. all know it's himself. Yes. Uh, but And I wonder if that was a desperation move, but maybe not. I don't know. Well, there's got to be something, because this is why um, those two names, Kelly Kelly and Santina Morella, are probably my biggest problems. Um, and we'll get to it They're after we bring back Kelly Kelly. She's a former champion. Whether or not she should have been is, is one thing, but she's a former champion. They're going to keep bringing her back. No, I get, I get the idea of it, except... Uh, the reason I have an issue is, um, well, like I said, I'll get to it after. We'll do number 30 because it's important. Number 30 was Shayna Baszler, and it was super cool seeing her come out onto it. She was exceptional. She looked exceptional. She was, at the moment she came out, I was like, oh, she's going to win the whole thing. Um, and she was, the one, she, was. she was the one who tied Bianca Belair with eight elimination. So I will point out that uh, now amongst the uh, 
the entire roster, the all 30 people here, MXD players, two of them specifically, accounted for over half of Correct. Um, and and that's not even accounting the fact that uh, Chelsea Green technically got one elimination. Um, so so that puts it a little bit higher even. But, but remember, two- half, half of the Rumble was call-up slash Hall of Famers slash... Yeah. To get to my biggest problem with Kelly Kelly and Santina uh simply comes down to one name, Sasha Bank. Who wasn't in it at all. Wasn't in it at all. Those are two call-ups, two surprises that that both of them should have been lower on the totem pole than Sasha Banks. Yes. Um, and at least in Santina's case, you can make the argument for the comedy aspect of it. Ha ha ha. Remember when he did this before and pretended to be Santina? Ha 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 ha. Um, but there's there's just to me no excuse that both of those people made it on. And Sasha Banks, a multiple time women's champion, never successfully defended it, but that's beside the point. A multiple time women's champion wasn't there. Yeah, and, and, and just flat out wasn't in the show. Yep, did not appear, did not come out with Bailey. Um, I kind of expected, like, when she didn't appear in the Women's Rumble, I was like, oh, they're saving her to come out and do some shenanigans either for or against Bailey. Because I could totally see this being the point where they turn Sasha on Bailey. Right? Yeah, because Bailey's held it for, held her title for 240 days now. I didn't realize it'd been that long. Yep, yep. And so this is the time when you can can uh, work a Sasha versus Bailey feud coming in. But they didn't have Sasha on at all. And they, they had those two names particularly in the Women's Royal Rumble instead of Sasha. And that made a little angry. Um, but in the end, you had uh, Shayna Baszler versus Charlotte Flair as the final two. Um, and it looked like Shayna was going to get Charlotte Flair out, and Charlotte miraculously was able to hook the legs and pull Shayna Baszler over and out. So Charlotte Flair is the winner. Charlotte Flair is going on to WrestleMania, and we know that because she pointed at the sign. (laughs) We've reached that time in the year where people start pointing at signs a lot. You know, and and, uh, a lot of people are probably upset with this. Um, I'm not. Um, I think Shayna does so much for that NXT division that it would be hard to do what we call a call-up, but a call-over, I would say, is is probably the right statement at this juncture. I get it. I At the same point, I'm to almost the opposite. Who is there in the NXT women's division that Shayna hasn't dominated? You've got a few of the new names, like Chelsea Rear Green, Ripley. Shotzi Blackheart. Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm. Well, but they've had matches. Um, In fact... Had matches, yes, but she didn't dominate her. Rhea Ripley uh, and Tony Storm, I'm trying to remember it, but I know they faced off, and I know uh, Shayna Baszler was pretty commanding in those matches. So, so, but that's my point, is it's it's to this point now where a match, Shayna Baszler versus Bayley, I'm down for that. Shayna Baszler versus... uh, Alexa Bliss, sign me up. Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross. Becky. Yep. Becky. Yep. Uh, the Iconics, either of them. Both of them at once. Yep, yep, yep. Sign me up. Right? Uh, there's so much, like, fresh meat for her um, in that. Shayna Baszler versus 
both of the iconics at the same time. Same time. Exactly. Let's do that. Right? Shayna Baszler versus I don't know. Um, go down this list. Naomi. I I'll watch that match. Shayna Baszler versus Natalia. Sign me up. A returning Ronda Rousey. Oh, no, maybe not. So Some... Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose. <laughs> Liv Morgan. Do it. I want to see these matches. Do it. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. Um, but anyways, in the end, still a very good women's rumble. Um, yeah. Only one shenanigan where uh, Liv Morgan eliminated Lana, and then Lana got back in the ring to eliminate Liv Morgan, even though she'd already been eliminated. Um, but that's beside the point, not worth really bitching about, you know? Yeah, they were continuing a storyline and not wasting the rumble on it, which I, I was impressed that if... If you're going to do it, at least don't waste the entire rumble on it. And it happened early. It was the first two eliminations. It said the storyline's being continued. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're going to talk about it tonight. We didn't We didn't have Rusev and Lashley in the main event or in the Men's Royal Rumble, which is not ruining our discussion about that. It's just saying yep, those They two, weren't there. Yep, didn't have to worry about that. Um, so the little bit that we got that was the storyline we hate, didn't really detract from too much so i was okay with that yeah i uh, my biggest problem with lana was the fact that they gave her a mic on the way in no yeah. one else got a mic she got a mic for no reason blah she got a mic for reasons but let's move on to the men's rumble now the men's rumble is the one that i that's had all you got on the women's royal rumble more or less did you have something else to say no i mean i i just i thought there was i i thought um you know, Natty eliminating uh, Beth in Vengeance, or I'm sorry, Beth eliminated Natty in Vengeance for um, several years, or for last year when Natty eliminated Beth. I thought that ah. was a pretty good storyline to go with there. You, you can you can talk it, about that if I, you want to. I kind of uh, Natty gets a hall pass for me, but I I still don't pay a ton of attention to her in the ring. So I, th- I think that you have to. I don't know. The other interesting thing is the the fourth from last person um, in both rumbles was are married. So interesting little fact there for you. The Just fourth from last out. entrance. No, the Check. fourth from last that to be eliminated. To be eliminated. Actually, I think Beth was third from last, wasn't she? She was. And Edge was third from last. Yeah, so third from last on both. Did I just ruin the special surprise? Well, no, that surprise was coming up, but it was about the only... Once again, when we get to the men's rumble here... You and I have a difference of opinion. For me, the first almost half of the men's rumble was absolutely snoring um, and, and I enjoyed a- the build of, of dominance I didn't enjoy saying well anybody who says that he doesn't show up enough because Brock eliminated 13 people consecutively yes uh, so Brock Lesnar number one we knew that uh, Elias number two and he came out and actually sang a song about how he was the sacrificial lamb and he knew he was going to get destroyed and then he got destroyed uh, <laughs> Eric Rowan number three and got destroyed and I'm going to point out these are all got destroyed before the next person so there was left only one person in the ring after each one of them up until number five nope, nope, yeah Kofi and six number six they were in at the same time 
So number six um, was the first time there were two people in the ring, and that only lasted three people. Yeah, they got to three people because yep. So so Brock beat Elias, uh, threw him out, and then Eric Rowan came down and Brock threw him out, and then Robert Roode came down and Brock threw him out, and then John Morrison returning John Morrison, John Morrison that they're making a big deal about on SmackDown. John Morrison, who has a history in Royal Rumbles of doing shenanigans to uh, stop himself from being eliminated. Um, John Morrison, who's super agile and does parkour and all of this stuff, comes in and then immediately gets eliminated by Brock Lesnar. I I think that they couldn't do that with Kofi and John in this particular instance, partially because they were the only ones in the ring. So if John catches himself, Brock rolls out under the bottom rung and just grabs him and walks all the way up the ramp with him on his shoulders. But once again, that's that's a, a problem of booking, not a problem of, you know what I mean? There was no reason that you put these two people in there that early on in the match to be eliminated so, you know, so quickly. You could have put them on later when they could have done their fun stuff, right? And there are people that came out later that uh, would have worked to come out in this spot and not change a lot. Anyway, so John Morrison, get that out Number six, Kofi Kingston. First person to stay in the ring long enough for another person to come in. Uh, That person was Rey Mysterio. Then Kofi and Rey team up and beat up on Brock Lesnar. And uh, then a third person is able to join, Big E. So now you got three people in the ring. Two of which are New Day. Two of which are New Day and friends and all of this stuff. Uh, And then Brock just Fs them all out of the ring and then stands there and waits for the next name. Um, and then the next name is Cesaro, and oh, he gets effed out of the ring. And then Shelton Benjamin comes in, and... That was uh, a kind of cute little spot. That This was actually okay in terms of the history and all of that stuff, so I will give this part a pass. But I will also point out that my wife was sitting next to me watching this thing saying, this is effing boring. And also, why the hell is Brock sweating so damn much? He's not doing anything. Because he was literally dripping sweat by number six, Kofi Kingston, coming in. Just absolutely dripping. You do realize those lights get a little bit warm. Uh, They do. um, But uh, I will also point out that through the rest of the match, even after uh, Brock wasn't out there, no one else was dripping sweat like that. And someone else who came in uh, and lasted almost as long in there is also older, I believe, than Brock Lesnar and was not dripping sweat like Who are we talking about? Edge. Oh, I don't think he lasted as long, but yeah. Um, it, it, you know, here's the deal. It's tough to tell for certain. Uh, Edge came in number 21 and lasted till 28, so shorter number overall. But it also was at a time when there were multiple people in the ring instead of just wait for someone to come down, throw them out, F off, you know. So anyways, uh, so then Cesaro comes down and gets effed out of the ring. Shelton Benjamin, uh, they have this pretend like they're going to team up for the next person. And then Brock Lesnar turns on Shelton Benjamin and effs him out of the ring. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura comes down and gets effed out of the ring. Uh... MVP makes his return to WWE. Uh, first time in a ring for WWE since he left. Uh, he did make an appearance on the Raw reunion uh, in a backstage segment. 
but he hasn't been in a WWE for that. I think he's... Uh, I'm glad it was quick with him. I would have liked to see him be the guy that was smart enough to just wait for other people to come out. Well, and they teased him doing it. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, he was going to do that. Rock caught him and pulled him into the ring. Yeah. uh, Number 13, Keith Lee. Uh, And, oh, nope, Keith Lee gets effed out of the ring. No, he doesn't. Braun comes in, too, and both of them get effed out of the ring at the same time. Yeah, Um, but I will also point out, in terms of official order of elimination, up to this point, it's still officially one for one, right? So, uh, oh, wait, nope, except Kofi Kingston uh, was the only one out of order. He came in sixth. He was eliminated uh, seventh after Ray and and Biggie, technically. So he was the only one out of order. But uh, Keith Lee officially eliminated uh, next after he came in. Braun Strowman eliminated next after he came in. Ricochet comes in, eliminated pretty much next after he comes in. Um, Except for somebody else came in right alongside him. Yep, Drew McIntyre. And that's when this match changed. Uh, for me. So I I even tweeted, I call this a tale of two rumble. The first half that to me was boring as all get out. Like I I was about to shut off the WWE network. I really was. If if not for this podcast, I probably would have stopped watching by this way. I I'm dead serious about how bad I thought this. Um but then number 16 Drew McIntyre comes in and the whole thing changes. And uh Drew McIntyre um through help. Claymore's Brock out of the ring. Claymore's Brock out of the ring. And Brock's done. And from that moment on, now things got exciting. Things got fun. Uh, So then you had Miz come in. Miz doesn't last a ton of time. But no one expected Miz to last a ton of time. He's one of those names that I thought could have been up there instead of John Morrison, right? Didn't the same thing come in, get effed out of the ring by Brock Lesnar, leaving John Morrison to come in later. Um, Dolph Ziggler, same sort of thing. He came in 19, so we had Miz. AJ Styles came in 18, Dolph Ziggler 19. Um, Dolph Ziggler could have been up there instead of John Morrison. Nope, put him out here. Uh, Carl Anderson, and then the surprise of the night, the one, and I say surprise of the night, people who pay attention to the dirt sheets and everything were probably not surprised by this. No. Um, Yet at the same point, they worked really hard to try to negate the rumors of this. Number 21, we mentioned it before, Edge makes his return to an actual match in the ring. Now, he returned last year. What, what event was it at? He came into the ring. He wasn't, it overseas, wasn't it overseas? Wasn't no, it, it was uh, one of the ones. The only reason I know it was one of the ones not overseas is because I actually remember watching it. Um, was it SummerSlam? It I think it was been. SummerSlam. But he came into the ring, delivered a spear, left. It wasn't a part of a match. It was a in-between match segment sort of thing. Um, this one, he came in into an actual match. Uh, three vertebrae fused, uh, thought he was never going to wrestle again in a Royal Rumble, and lasts a long time. Uh, like you mentioned, he was the third to last person limit. Um, so he does the last person in the ring. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, uh, he lasted a long time and he did a phenomenal job, delivered a ton of spears, which are a pretty safe move for him to do with his neck fusion. Um, didn't take a really fun spear later on that we talk that we'll talk about later on. Uh, didn't take any real nasty bumps. Um, 
uh, did take one bump from number 22, King Corbin. Uh, I took a deep six that was probably the safest looking deep six I've ever seen. And I want to give uh, Baron Corbin a ton of credit and applause for being able to deliver such a great deep six. Because it was. It looked good, but it also, you could tell it was safe. It wasn't going to hurt him, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Number 23, D.A. Fabe's favorite bro, Matt Stop. Riddle. You know what? You know what the best part about Matt Riddle being in the Rumble was? He got eliminated by King Corbin. And incredibly quickly. I mean, he was in two minutes. I was so happy that it was he was out almost as quick as he came in. Like the only thing that makes that better is if 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 it would have been early on when Brock was doing his elimination by jury. And then uh, number 24, Luke Gallows comes in to join Carl Anderson and AJ Styles in there. AJ uh, was already out. Was AJ already out? I can't remember what he... Oh, yeah, that's right. He came in. But, uh, it was just, like, right before Gallows came in. One or two. Yep. Uh, number 25, Randy Orton. 26, Roman Reigns. Um, at this point, a lot of people were probably thinking, oh, God, Roman's going to win this, isn't he? There it is. Um, there it is. 26 uh, also discovered tonight that 26 is the only number o- above 20 that's never won. Uh-huh. And um, we will find out in a bit uh, whether it still is. Spoiler alert, it is. <laughs> um, number 27, Kevin Owens comes in and immediately, uh, you know, starts tearing up the, the place and trying to look like a BA and delivering stunners and stuff. Uh, 28, Aleister Black. 29, Samoa Joe. Or, as uh, Big Papa Pump called him, Smojo. 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 Um, and then number 30, surprising pretty much absolutely nobody, Seth Rollins comes in, Dirty Little Heat. With? With his whole entourage. Yep. So, yeah, Buddy what? Murphy and the AOP surrounding the ring. And that plays into it, uh, because Seth Rollins gets credited, all told, with three eliminations. But um, at least two of them, maybe all three of them, had uh, some sort of help from outside. Correct. Uh, the, the only thing that frustrated me with that is, why didn't Buddy and AOP just get in the ring and they yeah, just start no DQ. ripping through? So yeah, no, I don't understand why uh, they didn't just get in there. There's no DQ, right? They could have just hopped in the ring and started eliminating people, right? Yeah, I mean, especially when there's AOP. Like, I understand that, that well, and, and really what happened here is KO and Joe both got out of the ring to attack them. Um, Viking Raiders didn't come in and be involved, which is kind of sad. Um, you know, you had a little bit of brawling towards the back later on with Aleister Black and uh, uh, Buddy um. Murphy. Yep, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. And that's the deal. Buddy Murphy played into eliminating Alistair Black because uh, when uh, uh, Seth Rollins threw him to throw him over, Alistair Black tried to do his whole uh, jump on the ropes thing. Yeah. Jump back. And, and, and Buddy, Buddy caught Murphy him. caught him and threw him. Yeah, I... I I, uh, I do think that we're at a point, though, where we need to... Uh, I mean, before this, Edge had the spear on Roman when Roman went for a spear on him and missed. That was fantastic. Yes. Um, I, I, I almost... I'm to the point where I almost don't want to even discuss the whole Seth Rollins thing. Like, I know that there's a lot of people saying that this is a hot, hot story right now, 
and I don't even feel a payoff. Like, uh, okay. I feel a payoff eventually, so. I'm, I'm in it, and uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm in it a little more since the Buddy Murphy edition. I think uh, Buddy Murphy joining brings it to uh, kind of a stable rather than just a guy with two muscle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not the Baron Corbin mid-card vortex of doom. Um, it's a stable. It's a faction that's growing. Now, what would be probably nice, in my opinion, is if they were able to get, like, one more person and then have it where they were effectively, you know, here's the tag team in Akam and Razor going after the belts, maybe dominating and, and winning the belts. Here's uh, Buddy Murphy going after the U.S. title, and here's Seth Rollins going after the the heavyweight world title, and then here's another guy who's just the enforcer who helps out, sort of a thing. But Fair anyway, but there was it also did... a sequence in, in, in eliminating uh, Seth that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, there was there was a whole thing um, where uh, there's the face off, and Seth Rollins is surrounded by people who don't like him. Um, and, and tries to get Roman to be his brother Roman. again. He puts his arm out for the shield fist bump. He's like, come on, let's team up, let's do this. We're brothers, you know, all this stuff. And uh, Roman Reigns looks like he's going to fist bump, and then Superman punches. Yeah. That's the most excited I've ever heard you for a super punch. Well, yeah, I'm still angry that he took the name Superman Punch because he's not worthy of Superman Punch. No, only, only Clark is. Clark? No, but Clark wears is... glasses. True, true. Superman does not wear glasses, therefore they This not... is not a nerd podcast for comic books. This is a nerd podcast for wrestling. Yes, but... And not as good as other podcasts that we need to talk about, but that's okay. But, so, uh, so the final four... You had Roman Reigns, you had Edge, you had Randy Orton, and you had the eventual winner, Drew McIntyre. Boom! Which Uh, meant you had three dudes in there who've won it before, one of which has won it multiple times. Edge has won it multiple times, so... Or no, Orton Orton has. Edge has only won it once. And Drew, who's never won it before, so... It also featured a kind of good moment where um, they were all kind of brawling, and of course, Edge and uh, Randy Orton had kind of an informal team up through through a lot of the time when they were in together because of their old team. Rated RKO. Rated RKO, um, and they always they did the whole acting like we're not, I'm not going to eliminate you because we're a team sort of a thing, but of course you knew that given a shot, Randy Orton was going to eliminate Edge, and uh, he. Uh, Edge was, had his back turned and Randy Orton was getting ready to do the RKO to Edge and Edge caught him and turned around and saw him. He's like, no, nope. and Randy Orton's like, no, we're not gonna, I'm not going to do that. We're all good and everything. And so then Edge immediately Fs him out. Well, it's not immediately. I mean, it, they, they do a little bit of damage, to, I believe, to Roman and then Edge does it. So it was In fact, of- I think that's where the spear shot happens, isn't it? Um... I thought the spear shot was before that, but I don't know. It might have been earlier than that. Oh, it was, because that's why he was struggling to get up before Seth got in. Because mm-hmm. Seth the Seth does the stomp right after Edge's spear. But, uh, but so in the end, though, uh, like I said, Drew McIntyre is the victor, eliminates uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre were the last two. And uh, Drew McIntyre eliminates Roman Reigns and is the victor. And I predicted it. And it was awesome. 
and I'm so happy because Drew McIntyre deserves to be at the top of the card. This is also your first selections win in a while. It is. I was really bad at the last one. And I only won. barely squeaked out a victory at this one. The and final score was me fi- me six, DA Fabe five, and Justin four. I will say that me picking third in the in the men's rumble selections made me pick Bobby Roode because I wanted to go so far out the side of the box and then you pick not the safest bet but a, sa- a much safer bet and Justin picked Keith Lee an incredibly safe bet, safe bet. nobody picked Brock which I was impressed with um, I knew Bobby Roode wasn't winning that <laughs> but but so for but me, congratulations on your win, man. Yes, I squeaked out a win, so yay. Um, but for me, like I say, to me it was just a a tale of two rumbles. And the first half, to me, it did it didn't feel like a dominating performance. It felt like you know those times in the late '90s when Hulk Hogan demanded that he look really really good in all his matches. Um, that's what it felt like. It felt like Brock was like, hey, I have creative control in my contract. I don't want to work hard. Um, so just have me F5 a bunch of people out of the ring and and then I'll be done. Right. And so it didn't make to me, it didn't make Brock look dominating. It made WWE look um, and I disagree. Not uncommon for us to disagree. So I'm not I'm not even going to put on. My I mean, I don't even know if I need to go too in depth here. Um, no, he did something that's never been done before. I didn't like that he broke 12, and I didn't like that he hit that he tied at 13 on the eliminations. One never done before thing was enough. You didn't have to do three. So he broke Roman's Royal Rumble record. He broke um, uh, Braun's greatest Royal, which apparently counts as part of the Royal Rumble records. Um, but Braun did did it with 50 people and he did it with 30 and i that part i did i didn't i didn't think that needed to happen i think you were fine at 10 i think um i think he could have been pulled out by kofi and maybe kofi slid back in the ring at the same time as everybody else was getting him out you know like ray he, he eliminates ray and biggie effectively but kofi manages to hold on to Brock's head while it's happening. You know, that I, I think that retribution thing could have been stronger there. Um, I think there's a lot of things. Like, for me, the biggest problem was person gets in, gets immediately. Person gets in, gets immediately. I'm not saying that I, I had a problem with Brock Lesnar looking dominant. I had a problem with the way they did it because to me, it didn't look dominant. It looked like bad booking. Um, you know, Elias was at one point top of your mid card and you job him out so fast. Eric Rowan is someone you're doing a monster push on. Uh, right now on your show, a monster push, and you job him out so fast. Um, John Morrison just came back. You signed him to a huge deal. You're vaunting him on SmackDown, how great he is. And you just job him out so fast. Uh, you know, I, but like at the same point, I understand Cesaro. Cesaro is 100% enhanced. I love him, but he's enhancement talent now. He's the guy who they send out to make other people look, right? Um, you know, uh, so so there's there's that. There are ways you could have had Brock Lesnar deliver the same sort of domination without it being one person in, one person out, one person in, one person out. I mean, 
arguably the time he looked the most dominant was when he eliminated Keith Lee and Braun Strowman at the same time. He just looked. See, and I think he just looked smart. Um, Those two made a mistake. But but my it it made him look so you could have it. You could even have him play the overconfident heel that he is, and have Elias come in at number two, and Elias looked like, okay, what are you gonna do? And Brock just stand there and wait for the countdown for number three to come in, and then he has Eric Rowan and Elias in there, and they're double teaming him, and th- then he can look dominant and eliminate one of them, you know. Um, but to me, just this one person in, one person out, it made it, it did not feel like a dominating performance. It felt boring. And uh, I know I was not the only person to do it, be, uh, to feel that way, because when I tweeted that, I immediately, like two seconds later, got a tweet uh, back uh, from someone. I tweeted, uh, if that's the way this men's Royal Rumble is going to go, this could get boring fast. And uh, Curtis F5, at F5 Curtis on Twitter, replied to me, I'm positive this will be the worst and most pointless Rumble match ever. And yet it wasn't. It wasn't in the end, but up until that point, him and I were in agreement. Uh, Yeah. And so I also had uh, other people like that particular tweet. So I know I wasn't the only person uh, out there who thought that that was was just absolutely boring. Now, the other thing that it gave us was, remember, the person who eliminated him gave him a stare down as he was eliminating people. I think heavens, he didn't go on a 13-person run because that would have been really horrible to be, you know, 28 people in and suddenly, now, we're going to have a Royal Rumble, which was really just a four-person fatal four-way. And that's, that's ultimately, like, the whole reason I like Royal Rumbles is is multiple people in the ring, but not the clusterfuck that comes from uh, Battle Royals, where it starts out with, you know, it still keeps it relatively controlled. But for almost half of this Royal Rumble, there was only two people in the ring. That's not a Royal Rumble to me. Well, the Brock can't That's do that in a Battle Royal. And but it was. It, the Royal Rumble is effectively a over-the-top rope gauntlet match. It's a multi-person over-the-top rope gauntlet match. That's the important part there. That's the thing that separates it from a regular gauntlet match is that you often are facing multiple at the same time. And for 14 straight entrants, 13, I should, 13 straight entrants, no, it was just a single Brock person. Was the first one. Yeah, technically, if you count Brock, 14. But, but for 13 straight entrants, it was just a singles gauntlet match. And I didn't sign up for a singles gauntlet match. I signed up for the Royal Rumble, Rumble being in the title. So, You're angry about it. <clears throat> I am. I'm not as angry as I was for Hell in a Cell. But I am angry. And there, my thing is, there are ways you could have made Brock Lesnar look dominant without having it be like this. You could have you could have front-loaded with the big hosses, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman. Uh, you know, you could have put, put uh, Carl Anderson in there or Luke Gallows, who's the big guy. You know what I mean? So you start off, you have Brock Lesnar. You put Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee, then Eric Rowan, then Braun Strowman. Then Elias, who's still a pretty big dude, right? Then uh, Luke Gallows comes out, you know, and then you have him uh, face this uphill battle of all of these big guys and still come out on top. Um, that tells to me a more dominant story than one person in, one person out. 
then he stands there waiting for 30 seconds. Then one person in, one person out. Then he stands there waiting for 30 seconds. You know? Um, Again, I didn't hate it. I'm just going to say I didn't hate it. I know. I know you didn't. We we disagree on this. But like I say, we've disagreed on lots of things, both in life and in wrestling. Um, I I would have hated him the whole way. Hmm? Like, I was... I did start to get nervous that that it was going to be basically a two-person Royal Rumble. Brock and and uh, oh my lord, the guy that won it, um, Drew. I was so, legitimately nervous about that, but yeah, like, I, I was nervous not that it was going to be a two-person Rumble, but that it was going to be the same stuff for thirty straight entrants. Someone comes in, someone gets eliminated. Someone comes in, someone gets eliminated. Yeah. And um, we did eventually get our crap show, which is wonderful. And so, so yeah, that's why I say. At, at number 16 entry, Drew McIntyre, suddenly the show became a different rumble that was entertaining for me to watch and fun to watch. So. But you were still complaining until he actually eliminated him. Uh, yes, until, until Brock got eliminated, I was not convinced that it wasn't going to go back to it. Because once again, Brock got all the way up to three-on-one with Kofi, Ray, and Big E and still I came back. I would say that's the point to do it, but have him... I think you could have had an empty ring. I really do. Like, we're gonna get rid of you. You know. Yeah. That would There's a lot fine. of things they could have done. But like I say, I mean, the they've easiest never done one, that either. They've never done an empty. Ring. Easiest one is like I say, lo- front load it with the big hosses. Brock Lesnar's gonna be out first, so have it be that Braun Strowman. You know. You could even have a fit yet earlier in the day. Braun Strowman going to the back saying, "I want to go with number two. Yeah. I want to show." And so then you have Brock versus Braun, and uh, it can actually take a while instead of a relatively fast elimination, uh, leaving up for number three, Keith Lee, to come in, or or, or a Samoa Joe, another uh, big uh, guy, or like I said, Luke Gallows, big old Luke. Uh, I do have to give WWE this, though. Uh, through, through all of your complaints, I have to give, you, give WWE this. I love that um, that there was the shoulder tackle from Braun on Keith Lee on the outside, and yet for some reason he didn't go after Heyman. So, but no, I get it. I get what you're saying. I I don't know. I I enjoyed the match. I, I didn't think it was horrible. Um, maybe I'm supposed to think it was horrible. I enjoyed it. I say I thought I thought first half of it was a C. Was second half of it was a B plus or an A minus. So all thing it averages out to like a B overall. Yeah. I yeah, think if I, they would have done the first half differently, this could have been an A plus or an A match overall. But but that being said, overall for the entire Royal Rumble card, top to bottom. B plus. Yeah, B plus. Solid B plus. Solid B plus. Solid B plus. Eight point nine on a 10, 10 point scale. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean you're you're knocking on the door of of, of an A um, or an A minus. Um, yeah, good overall rumble. I would say the weak points, as I said earlier, I think. Uh, uh, oh, what was the match that we were talking about earlier that I thought was pretty weak? Bailey. Yeah, Bailey. Um, I think if that had been pre-show, I'd been okay. Had, had there not been a title involved, it most definitely would have been pre-show. Um, I thought the pre-show was the best pre-show I've ever seen. Um, and I too kind of am wondering, can we, can we, can we just get rid of the 
Baron Corbin and Roman thing. And I think you take those three things out, and I think you have a, a solid A show. I, really um, I will also say, as much as crap as I gave the talking heads to start off the show, which I still thought there was too much of them, uh, this was the first one that I noticed. And admittedly, I didn't get to watch the kickoff show for the last one uh, very closely. But they had Charlie Caruso um, as the host, as one of the main people, I guess. Um, she was great. Yeah, but she was great. Yeah, she was phenomenal. And and having her there was really nice to see. Uh, she was basically in the Renee Young spot that Renee used to do. Um, but she was great. She was prepared. She sounded good. She didn't sound wooden or, or like she was being fed lines. Um, she was great. So keep her on that. You can do less of the red carpet stuff that they had with Booker T, uh, Renee Young, and um, Sam Roberts. Um, especially you since can do it, less Sam Roberts altogether, as far as I'm concerned. Well, especially since they said it was red carpet, but it really it wasn't like a red carpet event. Where, entry. It was entry ramp. <laughs> it, was, it was yeah, them just standing on the entry ramp. But it wasn't like we're standing on the red carpet and oh here's. Uh, WWE superstar Ricochet arriving for the event. It was just them standing there in front of people, you know. Yeah, if you're gonna do a red carpet thing, you have to do it earlier in the day when everybody's getting there, mm-hmm. which means you have to ruin the whole. Oh, so and so is arriving at the arena. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you know we didn't say we were gonna really cover this, and and we're not gonna go in depth to it. But yesterday was Worlds Collide. Uh, NXT versus NXT UK. Um, six cards on the match. Like I say, I, we're not going to go through it. We're not going to go point by point on it and whatever. Um, but we but I will say, Walter. Yeah. First of all, Walter looked like a freaking beast um, in there. But on top of it, he also made Kylo Riley look like an absolute champ. Because Kylo Riley took a beating from him for probably 10 minutes out of the 30 minutes that match ran. Um, and kept on coming. And yeah. and to me, that, you know, that made Kyle O'Reilly look like an absolute champ um, and Walter look like an absolute um In the post-show, had... um, post Trips talks about it and says, I think we may have just watched... Now, this is Triple H, who, who has run several exceptional factions or been part of several exceptional factions. He said, I think I may have just watched the best two factions ever to exist in wrestling. I would say Four Horsemen does supersede them, but Four Horsemen is also not WWE. So So, um, that match was made notable by the fact that relatively early on, Alexander Wolf uh, got injured and by all accounts, it's an actual injury, not a kayfabe one. Yes. Um, which obviously meant that they had to change the layout of the whole match um, on, the fly. on the fly to do it. But it still was a phenomenal match. Um, Imperium 1 versus the Undisputed Era looked like absolute champs for it. Um, but the Undisputed like Era still looked good in the end, even though they lost. Walter looked like Terminator, man. I mean, yeah. just unbelievable. It was, it, yeah, he was like, it was incredible. So if you have not watched uh, Worlds Collide, watch it. If only for that match. Um, you had Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm. Um, not Tony's best match. Rhea not Tony's best match. Developing. Still a good match. Really. Um, but it was still a really good match. It was also the second shortest match overall. The shortest, not including the kickoff show match. Um, 
but it was still a good match. It just wasn't. It wasn't um, DIY versus Mustache Mountain. Uh, some people will say that was the match of the night. DIY, of course, is always great. Um, we don't see as much of Mustache Mountain. We don't see as much of the NXT UK people over here. We've mentioned this before. It's kind of the, uh, pardon the phrase, redheaded stepchild of WWE, where over here they don't mention it, they don't talk about it, except for, you know, once or twice a year they parade them out over here and they have them fight for a bit and then they F off back to England. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I think I think we're moving more towards that because again we have a former NXT UK uh, women's champion as our current NXT women's champion. Um, uh, Tony Storm, uh, I mean, put up somewhat of a fight. I, I, uh, Tony Storm is is U.S. roster worthy yeah. if that's well, their if that's their stronger shows because it pays more because there's more people here. <laughs> Well, and I do, I kind of got the feeling last night, uh, Rhea Ripley beat Tony Storm to retain. Um, I kind of got the feeling that this might have been the Tony Storm NXT swan song sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, to pre- prepare her for potentially showing up on main roster here soon. Um, which she did appear in the Women's Royal Rumble tonight. That yeah. doesn't mean anything because a lot of people appear and then never appear on the quote-unquote main I roster. I do want to make two two crimes in the Women's Royal Rumble that were the same crime performed by two people. The spinning Hurricane Rana that lasts for yeah. eight to ten seconds in the middle of the ring. Yep. This doesn't happen in men's matches for a reason. It's stupid. Yep, it is dumb. Dumb. Quit doing it. And I know it's Kelly Kelly's thing. And then uh, later on, uh, who did it later on? Um, wasn't it uh, Feel the Glow? Uh, Naomi. Yeah. And didn't she do it to... Someone? I kind of zone out sometimes when Naomi's in there, but that's a me but problem. That needs to not happen ever again. It's it. it nobody gets convinced about it. Um, obviously, it's not the momentum of that person that's causing that to happen. It's not believable. Yeah, that just needs to not yeah. happen anymore. Yeah, give give me uh, Marco stunned taking on someone huge. I can believe that. You give me someone spinning around forty times in the middle of the ring on a Hurricane Rana or a head scissors. I don't buy it. Anymore. Where the person where the person performing the maneuver against somebody else is the one who has no leverage to continue doing that. Yep. So. Um, so. We also had uh, the Cruiserweight Championship Fatal 4-Way. Angel Garza, who is the champion, was defeated by Jordan Devlin, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Travis Banks. We're also in the match. Um, Like I say, Travis Banks, I don't know hardly anything about him. He's NXT UK. Jordan Devlin, don't know anything about him, NXT UK. But he is now your new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And Um, was stud in that match. Yeah. It looked phenomenal in there. Um, He uh, also happens to be the the first one who gets to carry the redesigned uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship belt. It's not a ton different than the old Cruiserweight Championship belt, except now it features the NXT on it, and it's a little bit darker of a purple. It's something. Uh, the first match of the main card was Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov, uh, which was a great match. And um, it featured um, one of the things I've been most happy to see in NXT with this new Finn Balor character 
is he is he's wrestling differently. He is more cutthroat. He is doing more of these like I don't know in your face sort of moves. Um, and so he's not just Finn Balor as a bad guy. He is now he is acting different, and that's one of the great things for him. And then the kickoff show had Kaylee Ray versus. Uh, Mia Yim, Kaylee Ray is the uh, UK Women's Champion, and she—I uh, don't think it was a championship match, but she won versus Mia Yim. So, even if it was hey. in a great match, great. so so really good um, coming out for her uh, domestically. Yep. So I would give uh, Worlds Collide yesterday a nine out of ten. So barely edging out Royal Rumble for me, but just barely. Would you say edging it out by a 18-minute segment of the Men's Royal Rumble? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. If that segment had gone different, then Royal Rumble would have been the better card overall. I would, I would say if, if, if I was going to give it to, and I don't, I don't give it to Worlds Collide. I would say Worlds Collide was just ever so slightly lower, and the only reason being that we don't know anybody from NXT UK. Uh, it's tough to invest. Walter's got an amazing amount of charisma, so um, I was able to invest in that. Um, but it, and Tony Storm is amazing, and so is Rhea. Um, that's really all that got me super invested in that. Um, I would say that as a whole, and it's not their fault, they just don't get any primetime exposure domestically, and it's very tough to follow. So... Um, I would say the Royal Rumble has been the best pay-per-view of the year, including uh, NXT Black uh, Blackpool, um, Takeover Blackpool, and and Worlds Collide, and really only because I just don't get enough exposure to the UK, and that's probably my fault. But mm-hmm. well, like I said, I mean, we've said this before. There's only so many hours in the week for us to watch wrestling, yeah. and. It's tough for us to work in NXT UK on the regular, especially since when it normally airs is not a time that we're both able to watch, you know, um, so then we'd have to watch it later and we've got families and oh, I guess there's like 42 other hours of wrestling for us to watch that. Well, and the other thing is even, you know, both of us watch a couple podcasts that uh, or listen to a couple podcasts that are UK and they don't cover it nearly as much. No. Well, and, and that's the deal is uh, I saw a post from um, I think it was What Culture WWE that uh, uh, was saying, hey, why don't you guys cover NXT UK? And uh, they said, well, we did when it first started and we just didn't get the views. And if you can get, you know, 49,000 other people to swear that they're going to watch it, we'll think about doing it again. But you, you know, you can't even get forty nine thousand people to pay attention to a to a podcast review of NXT UK. You know that says a lot about it, and that's people in the UK that have that problem. And and that's you know that's that's a guilt on that area because it it's maybe not the best European wrestling organization, um, but it's the best I have access to domestically. And it's still not as good as, and it's not readily, not as readily accessible as even, say, New Japan. Mm-hmm. So, um, third best, or uh, all three pay-per-views this year that have been put on by WWE have been very good. Yes. Um, 
very good, and so I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you, AEW, for making WWE elevate their game. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and thank you, AEW, for being good just in general. Um, yes. And we're, you know, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about NXT uh, UK or, or AEW. Uh, I will point out that AEW did win the ratings war again this year, uh, this week. Um, whether that matters. They have since the recap of the reward show. Mm-hmm. Significantly um, since the reward show. Yep. And so, uh, so it's it's kind of a big deal in that respect. Although, you know, if you don't put too much faith in in the numbers of the ratings, because they really they're arbitrary numbers. They don't matter to us. They don't actually talk about the quality of the product. It's not a predictor of the quality. I mean, I'll point out the Rusev Lana segment on Raw uh, get the highest ratings of any segment on Raw, and you talk to any wrestling fan and they'll say that those are the worst segments of the night Uh, and so ratings don't really matter however they matter from this standpoint if the ratings for AEW were bad AEW did not get picked up for three more years you know yeah Um, Yeah. they're obviously doing something that Turner, Turner Broadcasting likes a lot yep AEW's ratings were good and they've been getting better uh and they got picked up for three more years guaranteed with an option for a fourth 42 million dollars in revenue uh per year added to AEW's pocketbooks which like i said in in one of our pockets that puts them in the black for their rosters for the next three years right now and gives them room to grow those rosters for the next three years um they are officially successful yep most businesses when uh, you you start up a business, most places will say, "Don't expect to turn a profit in your first two year period." Right? Uh, they did it in six months. They did it in six months. That's so a big good, deal. putting out a, a good product. Yep. Um, also, in in a bit of non AEW uh, color uh, corrected news, um, I did just recently see a tweet from WWE that Vic Joseph is no longer going to be commentating on Raw. And that Tom Phillips is going to be replacing him as uh, the head commentator on Raw with Jerry Lawler still there. Tom Phillips was pretty good tonight. Tom Phillips was good. Tom Phillips has always been good. It was kind of sad that he kind of just got shuffled around. Um, but he, What are they doing with Vic? For a while. But yeah, I, I, go? I, I don't know if he's been let go or if he's just been... Uh, moved down. They didn't specifically say um, on there whether he's, you know, been moved around or whether I don't know. So, but I did see that tweet from from uh, them. So, so expect tomorrow to see Tom Phillips on Raw as we see the fallout from Royal Rumble. Yeah, but that's our recap show for tonight. Yep, that's our review cap. Overall, good show. I had issues with the Royal Rumble men's match that DA Fabe did not have, um, and so I had you know much larger issues with the women's championship match that was very very bad. Mm-hmm. But um, but so if you agree with me or disagree with me and agree with DA Fabe, uh, tweet at us. You can always tweet at me at Raw and Order WBU, or you can tweet your support or displeasure with DA Fabe at at. D.A. Vincent K. Fabe. Um, you can always follow this podcast 
uh, on Twitter there. You can follow us on Facebook, Raw and Order WBU there. Uh, you can go to our anchor.fm website. Uh, that shows you all of the different places that you can find this podcast. So um, if you're thinking about switching to a different podcast player, um, go there. Uh, Anchor.fm. You hear about us on other podcasts. You sure will. Yep. This Thursday, uh, keeping it 100 with uh, everyone's favorite uh, Latino NWO member, Conan, uh, apparently will be giving us a bit of a shout out in it. And uh, we're super excited for that. So definitely go listen to Keeping It 100 with Conan. Um, he also has uh, Disco Inferno up here on it sometimes. So um, also listen to Disco Inferno, I guess. Um, and I, you could... What I really, really want to point out, this is the best part about this. And we talked about this a little bit this week when we found out. We do a wrestling crime show on show 187. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's also be a particular crime number here in the states. Um, we get featured for on on Conan. So yeah. also, so also. so go listen to Conan's pod and then come back here and hopefully uh, next time we will have a bunch of listeners from Conan's pod joining us for the WBU. Um, woohoo! Um, also, like I say, if you're on our Anchor.fm website. Um, you can go there. You can see all the places that we uh, distribute our podcast to. Suggest other places if you don't see your favorite one there. I'll be happy to try to get onto there. But you can leave us a little voice messages on there that we can use in our show. Or you can click that support button. It's kind of uh, like you know having a Patreon without having to go through all the Patreon stuff. So um, you can send us a bit of money to help us uh, make this podcast better through there. Um, and then I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. Go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Go on to anything other. Podchasers, another one. Go on there and leave us a five-star review. Um, that helps us out, helps us get into the ears of more people. And the more people that listen to this, the better it is and the better it's going to get. So uh, do that. But um, we've talked about the Royal Rumble and argued back and forth for about an hour and a half now. And so I think it's time we bid you all adieu and uh, close the case on this episode of the WBU. Thanks for listening.